Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we've been progressing through Luke, and I want you to understand, Luke is is the story of Jesus, what he's come to accomplish, what he did for us on the cross, how he got there, and the things he taught us. And we've been specifically focusing on the teaching of Jesus. And so that's what this whole section is that we've been going through, chapter 12 through 19. We're in chapter 13 now. And Jesus specifically, especially in chapter 13, is wanting us to get our brain around what it means to be a part of his kingdom. What it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. Because I don't know if you realize it or not, if you're you're here today and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a part of the kingdom of God. Now, we, we don't comprehend that. Or if we, we do comprehend it in some way, we, we kind of have a wrong idea about that. And, and what I want us to understand is, is it is something major that we're a part of. Now, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I'm 46 years old. And as you deal with the reality of getting older, you start facing your mortality a little bit. And you, you start realizing, I'm getting older. Things are not always going to be the same. And then you start reflecting, okay, I'm 46. What have you accomplished in life? You know? And there's a sense in all of us, and some of you are here, where you want to be a part of something bigger. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's ingrained in all of us. We, we want to be a part of something that's making an impact. Do, do you know what I'm saying? That, that's accomplishing something, that, that's doing something, that's, that's touching lives. Do, do you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's, in whatever degree it is, all of us have it. Now, some of us give up on it after a while. Because we get to the place in our life and we think, well, man, every time I've tried something, it's been falling flat on my face and I'm never going to, I'm just giving up, I'm just existing. No, I, I, I think there's a sense in which God creates in us a desire. To be a part of something. And Jesus is getting ready to tell us what that something is. I mean, he wants us to be a part of something bigger. Now, what do you mean bigger, George? I think something that's even bigger than our church. It's his kingdom. But we've got to comprehend what that is. Because here's what's going on in chapter 13. If you look at chapter 13, remember with me now, In the first nine verses, he was dealing with that issue where people were focused on what others were doing and and comparing themselves and saying, you know, especially with tragedies, what did those guys do deserve to have that kind of problem happen in their lives? And Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't worry about those guys. You need to worry about yourself and where you are at with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Because there's this attitude of us and them. And that especially came out in verses 10 
through 17 where there's the synagogue and there's this woman who's been bent over with an ailment, her back problem for, for, for many years and Jesus heals her and the religious authorities of the day, the religious people of the day are, are all upset because he healed her on, on, on the Sabbath. It's like, well, you can't be doing that, not on the Sabbath. Because, number one, they got a problem with her because, number one, she's a woman and she's got an ailment, so obviously there's something wrong with her. And they're not like us. So Jesus is really... Luke especially, because he's writing this from the life of Jesus, he's really wanting us to understand that the kingdom of God isn't governed by those kind of prejudices. The kingdom of God isn't governed by those kind of attitudes of us and them. Do you understand what I'm saying? The kingdom of God is something so much more than that. It's something bigger in our concept. And, and really what I want us to see is, let's look at these verses together. We're going to look at just four verses today, verses verses 18 through 21. He's going to use two pictures to try to help us to see what it is to be a part of the kingdom, what this something bigger is for our lives. So look with me, verse 18. But he said, What is the kingdom of God like? And what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till it was all leavened. You say, okay, George, those are nice pictures, but what in the world is he trying to say here? Well, let's first of all, I want to point out to you, we're going to divide this passage, these verses, into three sections. Number one, what is it? Okay, what is the kingdom of God? We're going to give you two statements there. Then we're going to talk about, first of all, from the first picture of the mustard seed, its significance. How significant is this kingdom that we're a part of? And then we're going to talk about its impact, which we're going to see from the picture of the leaven. So let's, let's kind of look at this together. First of all, verse 18, what is it? He says, how, who, what can we compare this kingdom to? So here's what I want you to see. First of all, here's the first point if you're taking notes there. It's more than the church. The kingdom of God, folks, is more than a church. It's more than a denomination. You and I need to grasp that. We need Because sometimes we think, oh, the kingdom of God is, is everybody just like us. Worships just like us, reads the same Bible just like us. And if somebody does it differently than us, then they're not a part of us. No, 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 that's not what Jesus is saying here. He wants us to understand that your concept of kingdom is pretty small if you think it's just people like us. Or your denomination. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's more than the church. It goes beyond the church. Because in the kingdom, there's one king. Who's the king, folks? Jesus. And it's all of his authority and all of his reign. It's beyond that. And if you're a Christian, you're a part of that kingdom. Now you say, well, I don't see that kingdom. Well, right now that kingdom is invisible. But one day when Jesus comes and he returns, he's going to establish that kingdom you're going to see the visible kingdom at that point. But we're a part of the invisible kingdom. But I want you to see it's more than the church. It's more than a church. You say, okay, what is it then? It's 
Next point I want you to see is that the church should reflect it. As we get ready to look at what these two pictures are, I want you to grasp those two points. Number one, it's more than a church. But number two, what we're getting ready to see as we look at these two pictures about the kingdom, it's going to have to be where we come to the place as a church, Kerwinsville Christian Church, and I'm not talking about the building, I'm not talking about the institution, the incorporation in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. What I'm talking about is you, the people, who, who say, I'm a part of Kerwinsville Christian Church in whatever capacity. What we're going to need to decide is, is are we going to reflect the kingdom? Because we're getting ready to see what the kingdom is through these two pictures. Are we going to reflect the kingdom to our world around us, to our culture? Because here's the problem, folks. The problem is, it's like, you know, I was just talking with somebody this week. Do you know that there is a, a, a hunger and a thirst in people today around you, right here in our county? People want to know about God. People want to know about Jesus and what He has to offer. That's just the bottom line. People want to know that, but here's what they're turned off by. They're not turned off necessarily by Jesus, although they may become that way, and most will. But right now, what they're stumbling over, what they can't get past to even grasp a concept of Jesus, is something called the church. Because have you noticed, we don't look pretty pretty. Have you noticed that? We've got our problems, and we wear them on our sleeves. We've got our attitudes, we've got our prejudices. You need to come to our church if you're like us. Those are the attitudes that we have today in church. And most people, they'll come one time, and, and, and I hear it all the time, I've told you this before, I hear it all the time, well, where do you go to church? Well, I don't go to church. Well, man, you can come to our church. Well, I can't do that. I can't afford that. What are you talking about? You can't afford that. We don't talk about money in our church. No, it's not that. What is it? I can't afford to close. And so we've got this concept that in order to come to church, you've got to what? Dress up. And, and you'd be shocked how many people have that. And so what I want you to see is is that the kingdom of God isn't that. I, I don't think Jesus really cares how you dress in the kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus doesn't really care. So what should happen? The church should then in turn reflect what the kingdom is. So let's, let's spend the rest of our time talking about what the kingdom is. He's going to give us two pictures. Number one, the number one picture is going to talk about its significance. The number two picture is going to talk about its impact. So the first picture he gives us is really a gardening illustration. He uses the illustration of a mustard seed. Now, now help you understand, a mustard seed is probably one of the smallest seeds in the world. It is very, very small. And what he says here is, is look what he says, the kingdom of God, look at what it's like. Verse 19, it's like a mustard seed which a man took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree. The word, the, the Greek word is tree, but actually if you know anything about a mustard tree, a, a mustard seed and what it grows into, it actually grows into, it's an herb, it grows into a large bush. A large bush. And the birds of the air nested in its branches. Now, here's the beautiful picture of a mustard seed. First of all, it starts off really small. So here's the first point I want you to see. It seems insignificant. 
He's saying that the kingdom of God just seems insignificant. And let's be honest, when you're looking at the news, I mean the church, and, and you're looking at Christianity today and its impact in the world, it, it just seems totally insignificant. But here comes this guy, he takes that little mustard seed and he plants it, and here's what happens, here's what the interesting thing about a mustard plant is, I didn't realize that from the mustard seed, is that it grows anywhere from 9 to 12 feet in 6 months. That little bitty seed, that if I didn't have my reading glasses, I couldn't see. When it's planted, it becomes, it goes from something insignificant into something Big! This is the point that he's wanting to make about the kingdom. Is that something totally insignificant? And, and really, what Luke is reflecting on here is that it, you know, it came from something insignificant. One rabbi who was God, who had twelve followers. Look where it's at today. And we talked about it earlier: 140 million believers in China, and growing, growing. Do you realize that? It's significantly growing. So God will take the insignificant. That's what the kingdom is. It is God taking the insignificant and making it into something spectacular. Here's the thing. Think about this for a moment as far as your life. There you are. And when you look at little OU, you're not happy with little OU. You are reminded of your failures. Reminded of the could-ofs, or the should-ofs. Reminded of all the disappointments and the shames. And you think, well, Miles will just take it easy, because nothing significant going to happen with me. No way he can use me. See, that's not the kingdom, folks. The kingdom is as God uses the insignificant. Do you understand what I'm saying? God uses the insignificant to do what he wants to do. Because here's the next point I want you to see. It becomes universal. Here's what he's saying about this picture of this mustard seed that grows into this plant, this 9 to 12 foot plant. It then becomes a place where birds come and nest in it. Now the picture of birds is kind of reflective out of the Old Testament of, of inclusive of the Gentiles. So it's not just a, an, an Israeli tree where it's just Jews in the kingdom. It's talking about where everyone is welcome. And this is what I want you to see about the kingdom. And this is why the church should reflect it, is that the church should be like the kingdom because the kingdom is open to who, folks? Everyone. Everyone, no matter what their education level is, no matter what their income level is, no matter what their hair color is. Do you understand? It goes from the insignificant to that which is significant, and it invites all to come. Do you understand what I'm saying? All to come to Jesus. It's universal. And, and really, let's be honest, that's really what we need to be, isn't it? If we're going to reflect the kingdom, what we need to be as a church is a church where what? And we say this here, don't we? Where anyone can come. doesn't matter who you vote for, who you're not going to vote for. I mean, it's getting to be that time of the year in the election time. Pretty soon you're going to be inundated with phone calls. Vote for me. And you're going to have your attitude about this person or that person. And some of you are going to get so walked up by whatever. I'm just waiting for November to get over with. 
But here's the thing. It's not based upon who you vote for. It's not your, your attitudes about this, that, or another, or this issue or that issue. It's not who you root for, because in this church we've got at least Steeler fans, but we've got others as well. Yeah, we'll name them. Okay. But you're accepted in the kingdom. Kingdom isn't based upon your sports affiliation. Do you understand? The church should reflect that. This is the picture he's trying to give us here. This is the significance of the kingdom. It is something bigger, something different. Do you understand that? But so much the overall around us is we have folks who really, really realize that they think that the church is exclusive, and it's not. Look at the second picture. He talks about its impact. He uses, the, the Bible uses the word leaven. Another word for it would be yeast. I love yeast. I love it when it's in bread because I love bread. But here's what he gives us. Look at verse 21. He tells us here the picture. It's like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. That's flour. Till it became all leavened, permeated. Here's what I want you to see. It permeates from the inside out. Here's the thing about the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't work from the outside. It works from the inside. It's like leaven. Like, have you ever noticed if, you, if, you're, if you're baking and, you're, and you got your flour and you mix all your ingredients together and then you put your yeast in? If you notice, if you just lay the yeast on top, how well is it going to work that bread? It ain't going to do nothing. You've got to work the yeast into the bread and then let it, what, permeate? To where it just fluffs up really nice, because I like fluffy white bread. That's the picture of the kingdom. It works quietly and unseen. The kingdom works through Christ's influence on hearts, not merely the external and visible. Here's the problem with the church today, folks. This is where we need to reflect the kingdom. Because the kingdom is one that works on the inside out. Isn't that the picture of what we see in, in Scripture? Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to the image of this world, but be what? But be transformed. Now, what's that word transformed? It comes from the word metamorphosis. If you studied science in, in high school or something, you remember it's the, what, what happens with a butterfly. He changes from the inside out. But in the church, we're more interested in cleaning up your actions. If you're going to come to church, you need to follow our rules so that we can be all this together. That's not that's that's the wrong picture here. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is worried about changing hearts because when you change hearts, actions follow. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you change hearts, actions follow. And so it permeates from the inside out. And the next thing I want you to see is, is that it's it transforms from the inside out. We talked about that a little bit already. God is interested, he's focused on changing hearts, not behavior. Too often now the church has become the behavior police. Have you noticed that? And oftentimes the behavior that we've wanted to correct, we don't really have a Bible verse for it. It's whatever is your, that floats your boat. So for years, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. There are churches that will tell you, you can't go mixed bathing. What is that, George? Well, that's girls and guys swimming in the same swimming pool together. Where did that come from? Some preacher's sense of morality. Now here's the thing though. It's only regional. What do you mean regional? Well, if I'm from the south, 
we got a real big problem with you mixed bathing. But if I'm from the north, nobody ever talks about that. Now, you better not smoke. But if I'm from the south, we're not going to talk about smoking. Because like in my daddy's home church, most of them are tobacco farmers. You wouldn't dare preach against smoking there because you wouldn't get paid. You know what I mean? And see, the Bible doesn't talk about any of that. What are we focused on when we do that kind of thing? We're talking about correcting behaviors. The Bible's not talking about correcting behaviors. The kingdom permeates from the inside out. It's talking about the transformation of what, folks? Hearts. Because have you noticed, I've met a lot of Christians in my time. I've been a Christian now for 26 years. I've pastored. This is my second church. I've met a lot of folks. I've met a lot of folks who have called themselves Christians. But I'm going to be honest with you. I've met some folks who call themselves Christians that are just plain mean and belligerent. Oh, they know the right doctrine, but they've got a heart like a rock. Have you met folks like that? Oh, their behavior is proper. They don't go to the grocery store on Sunday and buy milk. But they'll chew you out in a moment. See, this is, this is the thing. That, that's what the picture of the church is. But, folks, the picture of the kingdom is something completely different. The kingdom is to what? Transform you from the inside out. That's what we want you to see here. It, it, it permeates from the inside out. It transforms from the inside out. And really, can I be honest with you folks, that's what the church needs to be. That's what the church needs to be. It's a place where anyone could come and find Jesus Christ and learn to walk in obedience. How do they learn that? As their hearts are transformed. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. We started, it's been almost a year now. It's been a year, hasn't it, Brad? CR started a year ago. And, and, I, and I'm, I, so I'm the pastor I'm going to show my support, and I'm going to go to CR to be there to be a support. I'm going to tell you something. It's worked in my heart just as much as it's worked in everybody else's heart. Because here's the thing about our programs now. We're not interested in correcting your behavior. We're interested in correcting your hearts. Because that's where the kingdom is. Because we know that if your heart changes, the actions follow. Do you understand what I'm saying? We want Jesus to transform you from the inside out. See, so, okay, George, where do we go with this? Because obviously this is not a personal message. Well, yeah, it could be a personal message. It seems more like a message for the church. Well, yeah, that's where it's at, so let's ask some questions. Because the church is you. Do you understand what I'm saying? The church isn't me. The church isn't Brad. The church isn't the band. The church is you. So here's some questions for you today as we think about this. Number one, where are we as a church? Where are we as a church? Where is Kerwinsville Christian Church? What do we reflect, folks? Are we reflecting the kingdom? As Jesus describes it? Or are we reflecting something else? Here's what my hope is. My hope is that we would reflect the kingdom. I know that there was a time when we reflected something else. I know that. Because I know in my own life it reflected something else. But this whole aspect of, of, of being universal and, and welcoming everyone and, and, and the whole aspect of, of, 
of transforming hearts rather than behaviors. Folks, that's where we need to be. Where are we as a church? I can tell you right now, we are working towards that. We have not reached perfection yet. But in order for that to happen, here's what's got to happen. You and I have got to make a decision that we want to be a church that reflects what? The kingdom of Jesus so that people can see the kingdom and see Christ as king. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to be that way. So, so where are we as a church? So here, here's the second point I want you to see. Become a part of something bigger. It's still not too late. You know, you're here, and you haven't been pleased with where your life has gone. Think about what, what Jim's saying. This is not your destiny. It's not. The failure, the shame, the guilt. It's not our destiny. Our destiny is something so much more. It's the kingdom. Isn't that awesome? He does not define us by our failures. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Psalm 37. I think it's the 23rd or 24th verse. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delights in them. Jesus says, I will direct your steps, and I will take pleasure in them. But here's what it says, wonderful. Though he yet stumble, he will not utterly be cast down. But the Lord upholds him with his hand. You know, one of my children asked me a few weeks ago, Dad, what if I make the wrong decision? They were talking about their life and, and, and the whole aspect of God. And I said, you know what? He's made a provision for wrong decisions. It's Jesus. And my wrong decision does not eliminate his sovereignty in my life. You're something something bigger. Become a part of something bigger, folks. You've got to want that. I can't make you become a part of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to want to be a part of something bigger. It's the kingdom. You've got to want it. You've got to want it. So become a part of it. So here, here, here's, here's what I'm, your action point is this week. It's, it, it has... Yeah, it has to do with you, but ultimately it has to do with us. And, and here's what I want you to do. Oh, ask, the, ask Christ to help you, to help our church reflect the kingdom. Ask Christ to help our church reflect the kingdom. You know, it's going to take, you know, we're, we're just not going to become the kingdom here. We're just not going to reflect the kingdom here. Oh, let's just think about it. No, no. It's going to take Jesus making us reflect the kingdom. What's that going to have to do? We're going to have to ask for it. God, help us to be that kind of church. Help us to go from being insignificant to being something that is universal and, and, re, and touching people's lives. Lord, help us to go from worrying about people's behaviors to where we're talking about transforming hearts. Help us to become that kind of church. And so, really, can I be honest with you? That's something you need to think about this week. Dude, you think about our church. Lord, help us to be to come that kind of church. And so here's the final thing. What's God showing you today? What's He showing you today? Write that down. As you've, you've thought about it, if you've thought about the kingdom, you've thought about your life, what's God showing you? 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.